This week on Red Dead Radio, Do Red Egon. It's a three for all. Hi, friends. Welcome to Red Dead Radio, the Red Dead Redemption podcast. I'm joined today by two wild, wild guests. We go in straight to the wild, wild guests. We go in straight to the wild, wild guests. Yeah! Hello, I'm Alana. Hello, Alana. Hi, I'm John Ryan. Hello, John Ryan. We are ready to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2. It's an exciting day. Our topic of the day, what we want from Red Dead Redemption 2. These Ooh. two friends, I'm so mm -hmm. glad to see both of you here. So let's jump right into it, if that's all right by you. Of course. Oh, yeah. All right. First off, John Ryan, put your dream hat on. Dreamscapes look just opening up before you. I know I feel like I should start dreaming big, yeah. um, but I think the thing that I'm honestly looking forward to, at least the most right now, is a story beat, actually. It's it's that moment that we know is coming. It's 100% inevitable where Arthur realizes that supporting Dutch and the gang as it has operated to whatever point uh, is no longer like sustainable for mm -hmm. whatever specific reason that is. Um, and considering the relationship that we know they have already, and what I assume we'll learn more about throughout the course of the game, is I'm really looking forward to seeing that conflict sort of come to a head and eventually break. Yeah, like we'll we'll probably see a kind of moment of betrayal that's almost guaranteed. Um, but the thing that I really want to see, like leading off of that, is well, all the the gang's conflict is going to be interesting for all of those characters. Yeah. I think there'll probably be like a lot of nuances. Rockstar are great at telling stories in that kind of way. Yeah. But I really want to find out more about about Dutch. Like we know that he doesn't start off full evil, and that he, he he progresses by the sounds of things. So I want to I want to see what his progression is, what his arc is um, as he gets like kind of crazy in yeah. the game. Do we still? relate to him in any way? Do we have any empathy for him? Is he coming from a place that seems, you know, rational but misguided? So, yeah. like, I'm, I'm really wondering how they do that because my favorite bad guys in any kind of fiction are always bad guys that I can at least have some point in relation to. Like, Killmonger is, like, everyone's favorite yeah. Marvel villain, right? For the same great. reason. It's like, well, I see where you're coming from. So it's yeah. like, that's the point. And, and I don't know that Dutch is going to have that, but that's what I would like to see is, like, some point of... Obviously, he does evil shit and hurts people, but I want to know why and what his motivation is and, and if I'm going to care at all. Yeah, it's... No, go ahead. No, I'm just wondering. I mean, is it, we're looking at a moment of sudden but inevitable betrayal? Cur curse it, but yes, I think yeah, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think that that's a super interesting arc for me as well. Like, mm -hmm. I really want to see, you know... Because his whole thing is just like, you know, he wants to live free of government rule, but at what point does that ideology shift from I want to be free and I want the people who I care about to be free... To I want to be king, <laughs> right? Exactly, that's the key. Yeah. But also still realizing, like, because we you know we know by the end of uh, the original, like, we know that he's just someone who can't really survive without other people. Yeah. Um, so to he see, always has a gang. Yeah, because that's the thing where it's like you know his gang fell apart, and what does he do immediately afterwards? He goes back and starts re-recruiting people yeah. for another yeah. gang. You know, um, so to to see like that sort of moment of of the transition from you know idealist to sort of not conspirator, but... Uh, a little. Like, proper antagonist, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, Which is funny, because we should see the literal opposite in, like, a sort of X with um, John. Yeah. We should see, like, Dutch getting worse and John getting better. And I'm, I'm wondering how that crossover will happen. Like, it probably is a point where, you know, Dutch goes too far and John realizes everything's fucked up. And we, we kind of know that that is already a thing. But I want, I want to see how it actually happens and... 
what happens yeah. to to get John to the point where we love him a lot. Yeah, the, so I, the John well, thing's really interesting for me. I mean, are we going to like John less after this game? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I, I think going off that point, like, I don't know if we're going to like John at all in this game. Like, we're going to see him as good in any real context. Like, yeah. I kind of feel like, you know, because he talked about in the first game, you know, we were bad people. We killed folks mm-hmm. we didn't like. And he, like, really owns up to that. So, like, seeing, like, that means he really had to have done some bad shit that he wasn't yeah. willing to gloss over it. Well, you don't think that John will get better towards the end of Red Dead 2? I don't. I feel like I feel like that moment from the trailer that they showed him in where he's got like the freshly stitched yeah. scars and you see like Dutch and Arthur kind of back behind the window. And of course that could be creative editing, but let's hypothetically assume that that all comes from a, like the same scene. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's more of like a wounded animal running away mm. instead Ooh. of someone realizing that they're morally yeah. wrong yeah. and saying I have to better myself. I think it's John gets really like either fucked up or hurt or kicked out of the gang something basically traumatic happens and instead of him trying to be like oh i have to make things right it's just him being like i get the fuck out of here yeah well which do you guys think is more interesting if we see character development from from john in a way that like he which would make you like red dead one more is a better Hmm. question which i know the order seems so weird but like what does john have to do in this game for you to be like oh shit the way he is in one is really really smart like i'm i think the title of red dead Redemption uh, being the, the second half of the story, uh, the, the part, you know, it's the, it's the return to the Jedi Darth Vader arc, mm-hmm. means that I'm going to need to see John be just as introspective as he is and a lot less mature. Yeah. Uh, for me, I want to see a man whose pragmatic anger and savagery is justified. Um, somebody who I can still sympathize with his motivations but disagree with his methodology. Yeah. See, I um, think we're going to get that all in Arthur. And yeah, I think, I think that, so too. Yeah. And I think that that's going to sort of transfer into John. You might be right. Like maybe arc. Arthur will be the one that we watch go through that rather than John. Yeah. But like yeah. everyone's so invested in John that I feel like they have to do. Well, I, th- I think it's going to be sort of a master apprentice type deal where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, they'll have a close relationship throughout the course of the game mm-hmm. and then. You know, when whatever happens to cause John to say, okay, enough is enough, I'm out, like he'll take those lessons that he's seen from Arthur and bring those into what will eventually become the first game. Yeah. I, I kind of like the idea that we don't see anything past John's catalytic moment. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to see a lot of John in this game, honestly. I, I really do. I think it'd uh, be stronger if, if they didn't. And, you know, I want to get to know the other characters better, but I, I'm like hungry to see more of John Marston. Like I desperately want to see more of him because I, I think he's so interesting. And the fact that they made his backstory such a mystery, not that much, but the, it's enough that I like, I want to see it, you yeah. know, and I definitely want to see a lot of him. Yeah. John and I have talked about this before on here, but the, the fact you that you and John was... Marston, you got no, John no, Marston on the right show. Right over there. Right. You're right here. John Marston on Red Dead Radio. <laughs> no, uh, John Ryan and I were talking about this once, but you know, there was a time, it's weird to think that we didn't know John Marston at the beginning of Red Dead. Yeah. Like when you first start yeah. that game, and I've made this point a couple of times, like you're a dude that gets off a train and then somebody shoots you and you have no idea yep. who you are or mm. why. And I love thinking about Arthur that way. Like we know nothing about him now and I'm so happy. Yeah. Because I'm going to have hours and hours and hours to meet this person. Yeah. And, and, and like the, the way that they do that with Arthur, like especially because of the way that they're sort of changing how we try and interact with the world and the people mm-hmm. in it. Like, I mean, that's another thing that I'm super looking forward to is seeing how, because like with John, we get to know John through character dialogue, like in cutscenes and in what, what I'll call like the walking cutscenes uh, yeah. that Rockstar really like to do, where it's like you have to get from A to B to do a mission, but they're going to give you some good character exposition along the way. Um, with Arthur, I think it's really great that we'll be able to have those moments sort of organically, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like how he acts in specific situations, um, 
Well, yeah, we should be able to control who Arthur is as a character a little bit more too. Yeah. Like we, we can do more of that in a sort of, I want to say like a Mass Effect kind of way where it's the same core character that the lines have been recorded, but we're still like shaping his attitude towards yeah, it. Yeah, it's all yeah. the context. I get a yeah. feeling it's going to be fairly distinctive. I, I suspect that he'll be more JRPG-ish maybe than Mass Effect-y. Like we're definitely going to have a lot of franchise in how he acts, but... I still feel like we're, we're going to get a guy that's pretty well defined, even though he's ours. I could be wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if maybe, like, in to, to have all of the other characters be very interesting, he will be less interesting. That could be an option. I wonder, because as much as I love Red Dead 1, I mean, John and Bonnie are the two that stick with me. Mm-hmm. As many interesting people as John meets, it's it's John I care about yeah. in, in one. Yeah. Uh, but maybe I'm projecting too much. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. Alana, what's one thing you want from this game? Well, it's hard for me to say, but what what I want, and I know this is like something that I I think they will have that I don't even know how to put into words, Uh-oh. is no no no. Uh oh, I'm excited about I was what, like, you're what did to I say. do wrong? You did nothing uh, wrong. <laughs> I want I just want an open world that feels like every single thing in that world has a purpose, um, and that's why I really really like you know the GTA Five. It's like everything that exists there feels like it has a purpose. Every billboard leans towards another thing and leans towards the stock market, and I want to see what they're going to do with that. In Red Dead 2, how do you make a world that is, I believe they said it's going to be bigger, is how do you make it feel alive and interactive? And I, I just want this to show me the next step of open world games. Like, that's the one thing that I really want. I'm, I'm sure that we won't get that, but fun side throwaways that I'd really like in Undead. What do, you think it, what do you think that looks like for you? What's one, you know, if you're designing this game, if you're sitting in a room with a whiteboard mm-hmm. and you have Rockstar's resources at your disposal and you're standing there seven years ago planning this game out, what's one of the things that you throw into this world to bring more life into it? NPCs all have agency, all like all have backstories and are characters. Mm-hmm. Um, that can take me out of games really bad. I think Bioshock Infinite's a really good example. Mm-hmm. You follow an NPC and then they go sit down on a bench and they repeat the same animations for the next two hours. And yep. it's like, well, you just existed for me to show up, for you to react, for you to then leave. And I want it to feel like the, the people that we encounter in the world and the animals and, and environments are there because they are there rather than they're waiting for us to get there. Mm. And that's a kind of a standard that I think that I want from open world games now just in general. Um, and I think Breath of the Wild is a really great example of that. And I feel like a lot of games need to... Well, probably are going to follow suit because Zelda has shaped game development for such a long time. Mm. It's kind of a no-brainer. But the idea that, you know, there's something in the distance that you see and you're like, cool, and then you walk to it and you interact with it, but it's not there for you. Okay. You you are discovering it as it exists. And I just want more of that. I want to get lost in this open world that feels like it's real, that feels like it's not designed to be reactive until animations are exhausted. Yeah, I, so. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think it's something that we are, you know, obviously I haven't seen more than 45 minutes of it, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like that is something that we're absolutely going to get. You know, I've talked about it a little bit here and on IGN too, where it's like we have the the strongest part of Red Dead seems to be the fact that the world doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if you look at games like Breath of the Wild and uh, Horizon, I think is another great example yeah. of it, yeah. where it's like you have these huge open worlds where it's like, like you said, you know, I want to go there. This thing is super cool, but it's not necessarily made for me. Mm-hmm. But they still sort of cast you as like the chosen one or the special one. And in this case, it's so much different where it's like you actively want to avoid interacting with too, too many people because of the the sort of life that you leave and because of your character mm-hmm. profile, basically. Yeah, the closest analogy I can draw to what I hope it's like is from one of my all-time favorite games, Suikoden 2. Um, have either of y'all ever played Suikoden 2? No, but I, I, they've come up in conversation a lot recently. Yeah, well, it's a great game. It's one of the best video games ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that makes Suikoden 2 so special is, again, it's a JRPG. 
And that means it's going to be big and long and epic, and you're going to be a plucky band of heroes saving the world. Except mm-hmm. you're not. It's a game about a localized, morally relative conflict where you are relative small fry dealing with a very regional, personal problem mm-hmm. where there's no absolute good and no absolute evil most of the time. And you're just a small person trapped in the middle of bigger things trying to make your way through it and do what you can. And that makes the impact of everything you do feel more, mm. not less. Yeah. It's interesting because I tend to be on board with things like that, but a lot of games are designed with wish fulfillment in mind for protagonists, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of them are designed with you need to feel like the hero, you need to feel special, you need to feel all of these things because that's what they think players want from mm-hmm main characters. So on that assumption, I feel like Rockstar, like I think GTA 5 is, is a very good form of storytelling in that the characters all have their own nuances and their own shit and they do the, their own things wrong that they try to, to fix, but you still do feel like the world is, it, it still is wish fulfillment. It's still oh, a yeah. giant power fantasy that's like very cool and fun. And I, I don't imagine that Red Dead would shy away from the idea that you are cool and part of an elite gang that everyone's intimidated oh, yeah. by. No, and I think we'll still get a lot of that. Who can yeah. like shoot real good and ride a horse the best. Yeah. Um, Just as we've all dreamed of. of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that's, that's... So, so far we've had one, one comment on individual player agency, another on the background characters being foreground characters. This is not the thing I want most at all. I, I'm just throwing this out there because the more I think about it, the more I want it. This is pure just selfish wish fulfillment. But what I want is all the damn vampires. Mm. Um, I want Deadlands online. Um, I want them to lean into Undead Nightmare as like an online only mode. That'd be great. And turn it up to 11 so it's Deadlands. Werewolves, so vampires, you, ghost riders in the sky. I want, want to, their new Austin to become Barovia. <laughs> kind of, yeah. I, okay. I want a, I want I'm like, into that. I want like Ravenloft except with cowboys. Yes, That's show, me, show me Cowboy Strahd. I think that would be an amazing... Like, That'd be great. Yeah, first they do GTA Online, mm-hmm. and then about a year later, GTA Online, call it Undead Nightmare, and it's Supernatural-themed uh, GTA Online. Because I've heard Dead a lot of people online. say... You mean well, Red, Dead how, yeah. Red Dead Online? Red Dead Online, sorry. Well, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, well, how do you do speedboats? Or how do you do race cars in the I sky? I said that. Yeah, you I said speedboats, right. And you get a broomstick. Yeah, you put a propeller on a horse. Yeah, Duh. that's it. Yeah, you, you make a world where you lean into another fantastic element. And because it's an online world, you can get away with that. So I think this is a, a weird little tangent, but like, Rockstar, if you are listening, and after this and whatever you want GTA 6 to be, if you want to make a hardcore fantasy game, please do that. I will 100% play that. It sounds Absolutely. amazing. So would I. Right? So would I. Yeah. Just like the most horrifically dark fantasy open world oh yeah hell yeah right totally totally into that myself but in the meantime give me clive barker's undying online (laughs) (laughs) we're going to take a very quick break and when we are back we're going to hear one more round of what we want from red dead redemption austin riley jonathan william holbert thank you so much for being our patreon producers this much we couldn't do it without you way to go thanks a lot again and we're back. We know this format's a little different than what you've had before. I hope you enjoy it. Uh, usually we're broken up into segments, and don't worry, that's not going away. But we really did want Is to do it? something. Huh? No, no it's not. <laughs> He's going just away. being antagonistic. No, it's we, true. We really just wanted to do something this week that was purely speculative and imaginative. And at the end, I'm going to invite you to send in all the things that you want from Red Dead Redemption so we can read them next week. Uh, but we'll get to that because right now 
it's time for John Ryan's second pick. What else do you want from Red Dead Redemption? Oh, man, I literally just said it out loud. I want to see river boats. River boats? I want, I want a big old paddle boat with like three yeah. deckers and like a bunch of card games happening on the inside, like Maverick style. There was a river boat in the first one, right? There was. It was, it was like, it was like a river sunken riverboat, though. Yeah. Oh, I want to see how that riverboat sinks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe wait. we could. That's it. That's it. That's the Blackwater heist. There it is. Your escape vehicle's a riverboat and it crashes and then you get fucked. Perfect. There it is. You're sold. Wow. <laughs> Hire me as a writer. Well, I mean, don't do that. You'll regret it. I would hire you as a writer. You're a writer now. And you regret it. That's true. You are literally a writer. <laughs> Somebody please hire me as a writer. Yeah. That's your job. No, I, I love it. Actually, seeing how the crash, that's a really cool idea. That would be cool. And I do love the idea of a riverboat. You, you talked a little bit about this on a previous episode, John. Um, what's so Did appealing I? about that riverboat for you? I mean, I feel like it's, it's one of the few old-timey technological marvels okay. mm. like it's it's serves as a means of transportation a means of recreation um and it's just like this weird really i feel like cause we're, especially because we know we're going to see like a new orleans style city which means that we'll yeah. see the delta of the mississippi yeah um we're gonna have that location so crocodiles like, we want to get away from them yeah. Yeah. or throw dudes over the edge into crocodiles. crocodiles like that'd be fucking great yeah. um I, I feel like they're just a really wonderful and iconic sort of uh, set piece from that era um, and also I just want to have a card tournament on a riverboat is that too much to really ask cool. no that sounds riverboat gambling well you're talking about boats I'm like man now I, I want to be able to go to New Orleans and just charter a boat that just takes me to the end of Butch Cassidy the Sundance Kid in Bolivia and then I can come back like that's all you said <laughs> yeah. just like one little town in Bolivia I think it would be a great fast travel option too it would be amazing oh I, yeah riverboat fast travel yeah. I like that oh I love that it sounds like a band riverboat yeah. fast travel Let's do it. All right. It does. I'll I'll play the jug. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, what so you this is not that grand. Look, I want the pub games that already existed in the first one. The the horseshoe throwing, the lies dice. I want that, but I want them to give me something that I get so fucking addicted to that it's like Gwent all over again. Oh, I want Gwent. some kind of like interesting collectible maybe probably not a card game but like some kind of game that uh i'm have progressing with me as i go through all of these different cities that there are different people to play who are like better and better mm-hmm. at it so there's like mm-hmm. this sub economy of this like pub game that That'd i just want to get fucking addicted to that's a really good idea i would like that a lot because yeah. i, I, I love getting distracted you know, by stuff I like that i can't handle another gwent i can't do it <laughs> i remember you playing gwent i the still office. have the physical cards because i liked it so much yeah, it was i'm really, really bad at gwent is the thing oh man but i, I enjoy it a lot but and the so, thing is like it's easy to be okay at Gwent in the Witcher game itself just mm-hmm. because like yeah. if you spend the time to find all the cards yeah. like, no matter what you put down you destroy anybody it's yeah that's true because it does just depend how good the cards are really yeah. but it's also a thing of like I want to be able to you know find something that might help my game that I can be excited about the next time I go somewhere so that, I'm, oh, yeah. so that I feel like I have two stories going on and one is about how I'm this pro player of this card game or whatever Hell and then yeah. the other is the actual story and I want that to add nuance I want to be able to get addicted to a pop I played a lot of Lias Dice like really I played a lot of oh it. yeah I played a lot of blackjack right I played so much Lies Dice that I started playing it at parties in real life and teaching people how to play Lies Dice which is just a game that I only found out about because of Red Dead we Redemption we should 100% start playing Lies Dice it's a very good game yeah. yeah you mentioned in the first episode uh, you were yeah. our very first guest that you actually like Lies Dice kind of became part of your real life yeah. parlance yeah. from there on give me I that love- again it's interesting that we're leaning very heavily into these little details. And I think it says a lot about the kind of game Red Dead is. It's a yeah. game about little details. I think um, it's because it gives you a lot to imagine. Like, you know, it's, it's, we know we're not getting a linear story, but it's like when you ask, what do you want? My head goes to something that gets me invested in the broader picture by looking at the smaller picture. And I think it's also mm-hmm. just that I know Roxas is very good at that. And that's why I'm like, show yeah. me what you can do now. 
Yeah. Show me what you've learned. What, what, what have you learned in eight years? Yes. Yeah. There's, there's a two, my, my second one's going to be a couple of things that kind of tie together. Um, I want to see, because we've moved back in time a little more, closer to a period of history that I'm really interested in, I want to see a little bit about that 19th century world that we didn't quite get in 1911 uh, mm-hmm. Red Dead. And I know that probably... Like the end of like Reconstruction. And yeah, that, that, even 1899, so kind of post-Reconstruction. Yeah. But I, I'd like to see that kind of weird Spanish-American War era America yeah. playing out uh, and, and some of what was happening in that period. And I want to see that earlier Western influence starting to seep its way in so that you have a historical and cinematic fusion that takes place there where I'm getting a lot of moments that the first game leaned heavily on, you know, riding into Mexico, that that incredibly iconic It it was a lot of the desert western. Exactly. I I want to see the mountain western. I want to see more of Shane. Literally, there are shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There and there are shots from the Red Dead trailers. Oh, yeah. Color scheme out of Shane. Absolutely. It's incredible. I want to see more of that um, man who shot Liberty Valance West. Uh, I want to see more of of that earlier, more primordial version of the West mm-hmm. that that we didn't quite get in the second game because it was or the first game because it was a different <laughs> period, and that's something I care about a lot. And I want to be in a even emptier West. That's the other bit. Hmm. Um, I want yeah. to step out into a place that, even though again historically 1899 the West was effectively tamed, quote unquote. I want them to reflect a world where there truly is just a vast nothingness full of beauty and wildlife. Hmm. I want okay, to step when you say there. nothingness, I thought you meant without wildlife. And then no. I was like, I disagree. <laughs> give, no. give me loads of animals. The thing that uh, moving to the American West shocked me. Um, Alana, you haven't spent much time in the East, have you? A little. A little. The thing about the West that's different than the East is that every 50 miles you go in any direction, the terrain changes vastly. Mm-hmm. Like even when you're in the desert out here, every 50 miles it's a different kind of desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the east isn't quite like that. It's usually just trees. Um, and hills. And hills. And sometimes mountains. Yeah. And, and, and corn hills. if you're in Indiana. And that's a lot of it. I want to travel through that vast western nothingness and watch it just changing around yeah. me while wildlife happens and, and the stars come out and the sun sets. And the first game did that well, but I want it to be even more wide open. I want to I wanna get, uh, what's, what's the old phrase? I don't remember who said this, caught in the quiet. Actually, I think I just quoted Ron McEwen, which is, uh, but I, I want to get caught in the quiet. So I that's like the that. Second one. Yeah. So that's two things we want. What do you want? Uh, we want to know. Uh, mail at reddeadradio.com. Uh, send it in before, like, oh, maybe next Tuesday. Mail at reddeadradio.com. What do you want from Red Dead Redemption 2? You send it, we'll read it. So please, please send it in. I want to know what you want. And uh, we'll send a call out uh, also on yield tweets and places like that. But, um, let us know, and we'll talk about that more on the next. Uh, so, again, kind of, in, I didn't want to know where this discussion was going to go, mm-hmm. but I'm glad we did it. It's yeah, me too. Fun. I was already excited for this game, but now, like, the idea of like more speculation just makes me even more excited. It's yeah, like, it's nice to not it's too far away, man. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's it nice to away. not have to have that conversation with just me and my own thoughts anymore. <laughs> Ooh, no. me, I want this. Yeah. Like hey, what that. do you want, me? Oh, I'd like this, me. What do you Same. want? Same. <laughs> you already said it. Cool. I, I like that speculative stuff. I, I like this. Yeah. Kind oh of hell thing. yes. And you know, last week obviously we had a discussion on on Reddit Radio. We had the Take Two uh, CEO that made the statement about single player gaming that was so interesting. But this, yeah. this week there hasn't been a lot of Reddit news. And I want us to kind of just go pure imaginative. Hell yeah. So. I think next week we should talk about specific quests we expect to see. Ooh. Yes, what specific quests? Mm-hmm. Heists? 
heist. A bank robbery. I just mean like little side quests. Oh, really? Like Hunting? What, what kind of pigs am I going to have to Fast kill? Fast horses. We, yeah. we, had sh- we had Sean Bolden uh, from a Game Attack on last week, and we decided whatever else needs to happen. Wilford Brimley in his, in his long john shooting a bow and arrow <laughs> yes. uh, needs to happen. 100% here We had a that. long, hard target discussion. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum <laughs> pulling a Derringer at some point. Oh, spring sleeve Derringer, man. Spring-loaded Derringer's got to love them. Put Jeff Goldblum in everything. Oh, that's another thing I want. I want that weapon. Oh, what, like a, I'd like a spring-loaded Derringer. And also Jeff Goldblum? And Jeff yes. I would yes. like a Jeff Goldblum skin for Red Dead yes. Online, please. Yes. If there is not a spring-sleeved Derringer in this game, zero out of ten. Okay. Immediately I mean, Yeah. Yeah. It's that's that, fair. Sorry, that guys. needs to be possible in this game. <laughs> spring-sleeved Derringer needs to happen. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a pre-order bonus. Because like, that feels like that feels like the kind of weapon where it's like, you'll never practically use this, but it's a fun get. Well, I, I think you could make it practically if you created situations where it allowed you to like pop right into Deadeye. Oh, yeah. Uh, or something like, you know. Oh, yeah. What if, if, like, you're, if you're like at a poker table and you can do it without getting up from the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like in the first game, you had to like spend the time to like, I'm going to get up and then I'm going to go into Deadeye yeah. and draw. Right. But instead, you could just like still be sitting at the table and be like, yeah. oh. Exactly. But, cool. you only, but you only get one shot. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, two or, if it's a double barrel. Or two if it's a yeah, click, click, double barrel, the Derringer. Or if you've expended all your Deadeye, but you have that weapon, you get one more oh, shot. That'd be like so it automatically good. activates that'd be, oh, what, it. Yeah. Wait, what if that's your last chance? What if you like take a bunch of shots, fall oh, down, yeah. and as you're trying to pick yourself back up, if somebody's that's like, what trying comes to out. get you? Yeah. yeah it's it's like the, the quick time event in Shadow of Mordor, <laughs> but instead it's just a Derringer. I like it. It's just gold, folks. <laughs> gold. I hope you're watching. Oh, we love them. Excellent. All right. So very quickly here, uh, we are doing one segment today, Luck of the Draw, uh, which I always enjoy doing, which is our various random questions. I still want another chance at poker. Well, you don't get new. You got your I know. I blew it. Yeah. So four suits. Do you have sand on those? Sandy cards. Pick a card, Alana. Are these cards sandy? Uh, These are IGN's cards, so I don't know. Yes, they probably are. Am I allowed to look at it? Let's hope it's... Yes. What, What suit? It is diamonds. Ooh, the jack of diamonds. Okay, suit is diamonds, and I managed to turn my phone off in that process. Great Nailed job, it. buddy. Nailed it. All right, diamonds. What do we have for diamonds? Ooh, this one's uh, this one's actually kind of weighty. Okay. Always. Yeah. Kind of weighty. This is from uh, John. I have just been through a breakup, a career oh change. Okay. Oh boy. And a death in the family. Oh boy. My question is, how do you go about fixing your life? it seems to be falling apart around you. Thanks in advance, John. So okay. from talking about a video game to this. The last eight months of my life have had some of the most extreme shit that has happened in that uh, my dog died out of nowhere. Two of my family members got cancer in a very similar period of time. And then I had a falling out with somebody who's very close to me. And it's been very, very, very dramatic. So I just changed my entire fucking life. Uh, <laughs> moving IGN and I feel like that is part of it is that I'm like holy shit so much bad has happened in a small period of time that I had a lot of trouble like dealing with all of it and um, I think I, it, it was just like a, a scene change and I, I know other people don't do that in a dramatic a way as I do and, and that's you know not my whole reason for leaving IGN or anything like that but I think that sometimes you just need a vacation you need to go somewhere else you need to escape from the things that um, have become so familiar to you and like sort of get a breath of fresh air and I think that that's helped me anytime something like that has happened but I'm totally going through that same thing right now it feels like oh my god nothing worse can, can happen to me at this point and it's it's definitely been hard obviously find a lot of solace in video games but yeah change is, is a thing that I think really helps me and keeps me motivated and, and in your case a proactive change like something yeah. you orchestrated yeah it's it's something that i was going to do anyway but it's like i'm i feel 
good knowing that I have this change based on all of the bad things that have happened to me recently. It's like, well, I feel like I'm drawing a line in the sand and my life is going to get different because I'm going to force it to get different. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I can't control fate, I can't stop anyone else from getting sick. Yeah. It just in my head feels like things are going to change and I'm making that change. And, and it, it's just like in and, and to in be fantasy. clear, this isn't so much about leaving something as creating something new. Exactly. That's why I'm right? saying like yeah. you can even do a, like a go on a vacation, go on a holiday, like try something different, like create something, write a book, like just do something that is very different. And I feel like that that helps me a lot. I actually had a friend who went through a divorce and so he uh, left Australia and went on a road trip on the 101, the highway here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that's nice what he did. Highway. That's what he did. He was just like, I'm going to rent a old car and I'm going to go on a road trip by myself. And I'm like, Cool. Hell yeah. All right. I think that kind of stuff helps. JR, what about you? Um, I would say don't be afraid to lean on people close to you. Um, You know, obviously in some cases that's not possible, but I think the, the thing is that like, even though you feel like you are forced to go through something alone, or if you feel like you're the only person that you can deal with or trust with that information, odds are somebody in your life can help you carry that weight. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's a hard thing for a lot of us to do. Well, yeah, especially really bad at that. Yeah, when your life's falling apart, if you're well, like me, you feel toxic. It's, well, it's not even that. It's just it's hard to admit that you need help. Yeah. Like, not necessarily like, you know, I'm out of money or I don't know what I'm going to do because I'm going to be homeless. But it's just like emotionally, I am not in a good place right now. Like, that's a hard admission to make for yeah. a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, I would say, you know, a change is good. Mm-hmm. Change is fucking great. Um, I think. I think making a change. Like the last time that I remember being really sad, um, <laughs> I buy a lot of stuff when I'm sad, which is like not great <laughs> advice. I'll be like, I'm buy a bunch of shit I don't need. But I, I went on a vacation. It was the same yeah. thing where I was just like, all right, I need. I know that I need a break, and I need yeah. to to leave the environment that I'm in just because the environment that I've been has housed sadness for yeah. so long that it's like, yeah, I went on a vacation and it helped me a lot. Yeah. And okay. I think that can be helpful. Change is great, but just don't forget that people love you. That's also yeah. true. That's, these That's are both, a hard one. These it's are both really, it's really, really hard. These both make a lot of sense to me. I, I uh, Some folks that watch or listen to Red Dick Radio may, may not know, I, I spent some time in, in mental hospitalization at the end of last year. And one of the lessons I learned there was that reaching out for help when you're at your worst is usually the most healing solution possible mm-hmm. if there are helpful people around. Um, that can be friends that you trust, that can be family that you trust that are not going to create more problems, and that can be professionals. That yep. um, If you've never reached out to a, a psychiatric or psychological professional oh in God. your life, but if you're in an extremely hard time, there are, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you yeah. if you just want to talk to somebody God, about the fact that lots of bad... I, I'm my, so bad at talking to people, you guys. My, Even this great advice, I'm like, I agree. You're you're paying for it. That's the, that's the secret to therapy. There's, yeah. there's a lot of reasons that people experience depression, mental illness, anxiety. Yep. Some of those reasons can range from chemical imbalances to the brain or things that we're born with to medical problems that develop to sometimes this. One of the wisest things any therapist I've ever heard say to a friend of mine who said, you realize you're depressed because a lot of bad things have happened to you? Yeah. Um, That's a hard thing for us to admit. Sometimes it's good to talk to a a medical professional. That doesn't mean that's what you need. I'm not a doctor. I can't say that that for certain, but it can help. So I think between these things... That's not going to solve it all. 
Yeah, I also want to say uh, when I actually had depression, like right now, it's just like a bunch of bad stuff is happening. It's been hard. But um, when I was actually diagnosed with depression, exercise helped me so much. And I can't say that that would work for everyone because it's different, but it helped me dramatically. Exercise, diet, like, mm-hmm. like good food, sleep hygiene. Taking yeah. care of yourself. Yeah, it, those it's sleeping. It's, it's an, and there are resources out there. One of the things that they taught me to do was, again, sorry if I'm taking you down psychological lane. Um, it's a street I live But on. just like, hey, make four lists there. and keep a notebook and update them every day. Yep. Things you're doing for self-help, sleep, food, bathing, you know, mm-hmm. the rudiments of life. Make sure you're doing them all. Yeah. Social things. Things with people around you that you actually want to do or with people you care about. Work things, things you have to do, and fun things, things you enjoy doing or used to enjoy doing if you don't enjoy anything right now. Or yeah. And just making sure you're doing things on all four lists. Mm, that's cool. All the time. Yeah. And go yeah. back every day. It really helped me. Mm. Um, I like that. All right, friends. Uh, again, that's that's just us. But uh, we, we don't profess to be experts on this, but that's what we got. Um, thank you for asking. And friends, thank you for watching, listening to Red Dead Radio. Uh, if you like what we do here, uh, I recommend you go check out the other stuff we do at uh, Hot Blip and a Jump. Uh, the new episode just uh, went up the same day as this, so I hope you enjoy it. It's about three lessons we learned from video games. And uh, if you're listening to this, cop over to the YouTube channel at uh, youtube.com slash jump or hotblipjump.com, which is our Patreon. Watch that. We are community supported, so you know everybody asks you for money all the time because <laughs> we like money. But um, I do. I really, oh, you know, good. if you want to support what we do uh, financially, it means a lot to me because it's how I make my living. Um, thank you man. for watching. Also, everybody asks for the stars, the subscriptions, and the, you cannot cannot begin to, to 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 underestimate how important rankings on iTunes and other podcast services are for us. So you have time. We'd really appreciate it. Um, we're, once again, it's mail at reddotradio.com for anything you want to send in there. Friends, where can we find your work? Um, you can find me on IGN or on Twitter at USFJR. I am at Charlanazad on all of the social medias. And because I'm leaving IGN, I'm going to be talking about video games a whole lot on uh, YouTube now, which is youtube.com slash Charlanazad. Yeah. And you're going to be uh, DJing at Kind of Funny Prom tomorrow. I will. Night. Yeah, I'm very excited Yay. about that. Yeah, yeah. This, this is going up on Friday. The night after that is Kind of Funny Prom. If you're in San Francisco and you're coming to that, I can't wait to see you there. I'm very excited the about it. Away. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to. I, I, I'm, I'm cosplaying. I'm so excited. Aww, you nerd! I am. Angie and I are dressing up. So <laughs> you know, Very cute. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, if, if you're gonna be in town for that, can't wait to say hi and uh, you know check out those kind of funny uh, folks because they do a lot of kind of funny stuff. Um, they are kind of funny. Yeah. And uh, Alana, congratulations on uh, what's happening next for you. Yeah. Uh, Thank whatever you. that may be. Uh, yeah. We'll announce but, when I can. Yeah. So. We are sorely going to miss you. I know. I'm going to miss everyone so much. It's so hard, but, you know, oh, man, life happens. Life happens, and it's for the best when life happens. Sometimes. <laughs> hey, and I want your feedback, guys. So, did you like having three chairs? I'd love to know because we've been thinking about doing more of this. So uh, let us know. Uh, uh, just mail at reddedradio.com or give me a tweet at uh, Petty Gama Jared. Thanks, and we'll see you next time. Cisco Man, thank you so much. 